The legends are true. But overwhelming power! The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Wickdonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece Nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at Wickdonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. Are you an ultimate Eagles football fan? Well, you're in the right place. Well, you're in the right place. This is Bird 365, hosted by the new Mac and Mac, Jody McDonald and John McMullen. And here we go, here we go! Who collectively have covered and talked about more than 50-plus years of Eagles football. Kick off your day with Birds 365. You'll get debate. We love to argue. You'll get the real story from inside the locker room. And you'll hear from some of the great football minds from around the region. You're about to become an Eagles insider. Get in the game. Join Jody Mack and Johnny Mack and join the football community that flocks to Birds 365. Birds 365 starts right now. Welcome to the NFL. Let's go! Let's go! Go! And a good walkthrough Wednesday, Birds fans. You got Mac and Mac, John McMullen and Jerry McDonald here to talk Philadelphia Eagles football with you for the next two hours. We appreciate your streaming in with us. All right. Uh, we put the 49er beat down in the rearview mirror. Uh, I'm not a fan of there I are certain. Extended, yeah, I extended uh, overreaction Monday because of the horror of the loss, but it's time to turn the page i i would tend to agree and i do appreciate the term turn the page a couple phrases you know just bother me uh the whole got to give them flowers i think is one of the dumbest phrases that has come into our uh lexicon over the last however many decades uh the other new one is uh, the idea when you need to quote unquote move on turn a page to flush it flush it yeah, Jalen brought up flush it to Philadelphia. Yeah. I can do without that, as a matter of fact. We, I think we all know what we're talking about, but uh, they're, they're just, in my opinion, better way to say it, uh, turn the page and move on. Another one, yeah, burn the tape. It, no, you, you're sometime going to need to go digital now. Tape. You can't burn the tape. Right. Uh, no, it, it hit, hit delete. No, don't hit delete. Just put it in a different file that you can get back to at a later date. Uh, don't lose it, but just put it aside. There's another good one. Put it aside. A back burner. I've always liked uh, flush it. I don't necessarily need. Uh, but we're close to that. Uh, we can't do it just yet because yesterday the coordinators get, did get a chance to speak. I didn't see it live, but I saw uh, tapings of both of the two guys. Here's the first question I'll ask you, John, because they both touched on some interesting things and necessary things. Who do you think was more put off 
not by the fact that they were obligated to talk to you guys, members of the media, but just with the way things went in the game, as poorly as they did on Sunday, who do you think was more put off, uh, Johnson or Desai? Um, who, who was more put off? Um, yeah, from the perspective of they're both good guys, so they both know they have to do it. So that's right. not a big deal. Um, that's, I think Sean is more put off, but I don't think he showed it, if that makes sense. Right. Um, Neither one of them showed it through the no. way that they spoke, but they said what they said, yeah. taking their words into consideration who was more put off. Oh, then Sean. Yeah, Sean. Um, well, wait, wait. <laughs> I'm already confused. Um, who was more put off yeah. by their words? Uh, probably Brian. Sean was Mr. Andy Reid. I got. I think he said, "Got to get better." Some form of better. Twenty-three times, Martin, our buddy Martin Frank, uh, out of running alley, really? Yeah, counted them up. Uh, Martin, uh, twenty-three times. I think he said it. So you know, it's very off-putting for the fan base, as we know. Um, but that's what he is. That's that's what he always is. So I, I believe me, he. Behind the scenes, yeah, he's 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 upset about how things went. Um, but that's that's the type of coach he is. On you know, I always talk about Shane Steichen. I wish people got to see Shane Steichen. Shane Steichen on the podium, awful, just well, just the offbeat, phenomenal, just yeah, there could not be a bigger difference. Um, so I think a lot of people and. They don't get to see it, so I get it. I mean, they only get to see one thing, and they say, well, this guy doesn't care, and this guy, and it's it's not that. But, yeah, on the podium, yeah, it was it was Andy Reid at his height. We got to get better. We got to get better. We got to get better. I got to put people in better positions, better, 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 better. And it's funny because I asked you the question is who is more put off. I was more put off by Brian Johnson than I was Sean Desai, even though Sean Desai did say it's uh, on me. We need to be better. Blah, blah, and, and took a whole bunch of bullets. I thought that Brian Johnson almost tried to dodge the bullets, that somehow it wasn't as bad as it was. And yeah, if you're comparing the offense to the defense solely from Sunday, the defense was worse than the offense. And therefore, Brian, uh, Sean Desai should take more bullets because his unit played more poorly than the offensive unit did. But the offensive unit didn't get it done either. I got questions about the offense uh, and what they did or didn't do on Sunday. And Brian Johnson, maybe I wanted a little more put off by Brian Johnson yesterday. Uh, the one thing he did address was the running game. And uh, they did not run the ball effectively at all on this past uh, Sunday. And we get to an aspect of their running game that was commented on by an NFL network comment, uh, com a commenter last night. Just uh, foolish, much foolishness. Uh, he did say they, they have to be more patient. They have to stick with it. They can't get away from it the way that they did. Uh, no one specifically asked them, though, why Kenny Gainwell got more reps than DeAndre Swift. And I was hoping that was going to be the case. I'm still perplexed by that, still perturbed by that, as a matter of fact. And John, if you remember yesterday, I said, I'm going to give you an assignment, McMullen. You got to check something for me. 
and once the show ended, I said, that's not fair. You can't, you're giving John assignment. You guys are partners. You can't do that. So I did it myself. I went back and watched the entire uh, tape again, specifically on offense for one thing. Uh, you told me yesterday that Kenny Gainwell is the better pass protector of the two, and that might be why. From the Eagles' perspective. From the Eagles' perspective. The Eagles believe he's a better pass protector. Uh, he was on the field for 39 snaps on Sunday. DeAndre Swift only 30. And again, as I said yesterday, I don't see any world in which Kenny Gainwell should play more snaps than DeAndre Swift. That's my evaluation. Of those 39 plays that uh, Kenny Gainwell was on the team, how many do you think he pass protected, John? Uh, probably three to five. Three uh, would to you, five. Would you believe less? Yeah, I would believe less. The numbers generally are five to six per game. Uh, when you can, when you compile both of them, right? Um, so throughout the season, you're talking about five to six per game. Um, yeah, I, I, you, you and I had this discussion. I, you know, look, I'll, I'll, I'll put it in this way. Uh, how many times do you think Dallas got it? Is pass protection important for a tight end? It depends on the way you run your offense. There are some tight ends where, yeah, it's a big part of, of their game. Others not. Uh, you 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 depend well, on the exactly. offense you want to run and the type of player you have. But it, it's also, well, Dallas is a great blocker, so he's a, he's a good example. But the Eagles, uh, and he's very important when it comes to the running game, when it comes to blocking, but he's not asked to pass block as much these days. Ironically, he was asked to pass block more um, when Zach Ertz was here, and that of course, sure, we've had sense. that we've had that discussion. Um, but they the Eagles don't use their tight ends to pass block all that much because of the way they run their offense. Now Kyle Shanahan different, you know, play action, play action offense. He gets killed, <laughs> you know, last year. Oh, why do you have a backup tight end? How many times do you hear that? Blocking Hassan Reddick. That's his offense. He's trying to pull the defense. He's trying to run play action. It's their job, the backup tight end, on that particular play. We had Tommy Lawler on, and, and, and he's right. That's the term coaches use. You know, it's not about beating Hassan Reddick as a backup tight end. It's about chipping him. It's about slowing him down. It's about losing slowly just to pull the defense so you have an advantage down the field on the play action. Look at it from this perspective, Jody. Now that Derek Barnett is gone, your favorite player is Quez Watkins, right? Quez Watkins, when Dallas Goddard went down last season, got four to five targets per game. That's it. It could be a big one like it was in the Super Bowl, and you better take advantage of it. Look at Seattle uh, against Dallas last week, the running back. He had a chance as he was sliding across. If he gets even a modicum of Micah Parsons, DK Metcalf is open down the field. We're having a different conversation, Seattle-Dallas. Seattle might uh, Dallas might not even have a 14 game winning streak. They might be 13 out of 14. When you have five opportunities to impact a game, 
as Kenny Gainwell, DeAndre Swift do, you can lose a game. You can win a game. You can lose a game. You can do nothing in a game. They can mean nothing. But my point is, I had a very wise, I've said this before on the show, I had a very wise <laughs> debate teacher back in the day who said, you know, if you don't accept a premise, don't debate it. And I've talked to dozens, dozens of offensive coaches in the NFL over the years, Jody. Not one of them is going to say pass protection isn't important for a running back. Not one. And I mean, not one. So to think the Eagles are different than everybody else, to think because you're only getting five, seven, maybe 10 on San Francisco. And remember, San Francisco, by the way, Christian McCaffrey's not a good pass blocker. But San Francisco has Kyle Juszczyk. They address it. They address it because they know they need it for specific instances. And they have a very good pass blocker. Uh, just they do it in a different way. Not one, Jody, not one will say, oh, that's not important. Oh, we, you know what they do lament? And they're wrong about this, by the way. They'll they'll always say, man, guys come in the league, they don't know what they're doing in pass protection. They say it about quarterbacks as well. They can't re- It's not a college coach's job. College, a college coach's job is to win games at the college level. That's their job. Yep. Not to prepare players for you. So I often yeah. criticize coaches who say, they get running backs who can't pass protect. It's your job. Get them up to speed. Yeah, they start and they stink, but you got to get them up to speed. The Eagles think Kenny Gainwell. Your better argument would be DeAndre Swift is is a better pass protector than Kenny Gainwell. They think the opposite. I don't think there's that much of a difference. That's an argument I'll listen to. An argument that pass protection isn't important for a running back that's just wrong. Joe. Right. Here's what I said yesterday, and I'll repeat it again today. See if uh, it gets through. They don't put an importance on it as per their actions. If you line up 32 coaches and you ask them, is pass protection important? I'll buy it that 32 out of 32 are going to say yes. I, that doesn't surprise me in the least. And then you actually have the game and you ask them to do what you think is important. And they ask Kenny Gainwell to block once in 39 uh, snaps, once. So if, as you suggested yesterday, part of the reason they may play Kenny Gainwell on a given Sunday more than DeAndre Swift is because they believe he's a better pass blocker, well, then why don't you ask him to pass block? 39 plays, he pass blocked once. So they can say it's important. They can stand up and tell the world, pass blocking for a running back is important. Well, then you got to ask them to do it more than once in 39 snaps. Those are facts after the fact that you can analyze. What you say in advance is one thing. I'll look at the tape afterwards and go, yeah, bud, you didn't you didn't ask him to do it. If that's his strength, if that's the reason why you were playing him more than Swift, it doesn't add up. You did what you did and you didn't do it. And oh, by the way, Swift averages more yards per carry. Swift has more yards receiving. Swift has more. Uh, Swift has more yards per reception. There isn't a stat that that Gainwell has been better than Swift in 
And yet in this game, well, they decided. That, again, that's the better argument. You know who the best pass blockers in the NFL are when it comes to um, picking up the blitz? Um, and ironically, we're going to see one of them uh, this weekend. Um, Tony Pollard's very good at it. Um, and Josh Jacobs is very good at it. They're the two best. They're the two best. Well, then, uh, for the Cowboys, 70, they- 75 pass protections uh, on the season, both 75 for Pollard, 75 for Jacobs through about 12 games. Eagles are at, again, they split it. So they're at 60 something. They're about 10 behind. Again, if Quez Watkins drops a pass in the Super Bowl, that's a big fucking deal. But he only gets four opportunities, five opportunities, but that's a big fucking deal. But Kenny Gainwell misses a block, doesn't block, this block, that's not a big deal. Dallas Goddard misses a block, that's not a big deal. Why is it not a big deal? I'm saying coaches, and now you say you're you're looking after the game. Nick Sirianni doesn't know what San Francisco is going to do. Are they going to blitz? Are they going to zero blitz? Are they going to overload? Well, that that and was his... apparent, by the way, the game played itself out. That's, exactly. That's kind of Nick Sirianni's job the is to way, be able to forecast that's the way. ahead of time. And when you don't no. forecast well, you get your ass kicked. Now, that's the games have personalities. When you're behind by three scores, and there's plenty to criticize Nick Sirianni about. Like, why is Jalen Hurts in the game? Why do you even want DeAndre Swift in the game? That's another thing. You know, he's already he's played 12 games, DeAndre Swift, and he's already at a career high in rushing attempts. And you want to give him yeah, garbage see, time it, it, touches? But I, I can't accept that either because if you're going to start to worry about the potential of someone getting hurt, why are your two defensive end playing well over what they That's usually play question. for a game? That's a good You can't question. have it both ways. You can't go, well, we got it. We, we can't overtax him because of the he's never done it before and he could get hurt. And we kind of need him. No, okay, but you're if that's the way you're gonna coach. It's that's okay. fine. But then why it's are a- you playing Swift and, and Hassan Reddick? 70 snaps, 70% of the snaps of the game. Can't be both. Well, it can't be both in both ways. You can't say because Kenny Gainwell didn't get a lot of pass. Again, we're at we're at we're at 12 games now. Those So the sample size is the sample size of what it is. And it's typically going to be, for the Eagles, it's going to be four to five times a game where running backs are going to be asked to pick up a blitz. And it could be game well. It could be swift. However, it's more likely on third down. So, uh, especially on third down and long, this is the way the NFL works. And maybe they should change. And maybe you should uh, uh, debate them to change. But... You know, when you're third and long, it's most likely we're going to face a blitz. And by the way, when you're facing Brian Flores or Wink Martindale or Steve Spagnolo, it's going to be a bigger issue than it is when you're facing the San Francisco 49ers who who can get home with four right. uh, normally. And oh, by the way, have a three score lead. So they're not blitzing in that situation. So games have personalities situations have personalities but to say again i can't accept the the premise that pass protection is not important for running backs is it as important for running no is it like zach pascal people laugh at nick sirianni when he said 
Zach Pascal can block and 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 people would laugh at Chip Kelly and say when he would say Riley Cooper can block is it as important as receiving for receivers of course not but it's important it's important and you can lose a game as Seattle proved when you don't pick up a blitz in a key situation you can lose a game. It happens every week. Yeah, it wasn't even a blitz. It, it, we're talking about Michael Parsons. Yeah, but he you're. But, 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 but why does it? But you're arguing a point, and you're saying because of this game, you just what, John. I didn't bring up the Seattle Dallas game. You did. I just responded to what no, you said. I'm saying you said I, if the running back missed the blitz, I'm telling you, it wasn't a but blitz. You're, but it was you're Michael saying, Parsons. But you're saying it's not important because in this game, it's not important. I, like, I never, that's going to move forward. John, John, I never said it's not important. I said in Jody, my you estimate. You could run it back. You said it you was can, not important yeah, Please yesterday. feel free. If Santa yes. can wrap everyone, it up. Everyone what listened to yesterday's what show. I said yesterday. Yes. I said that of all the things you take into consideration as to why you're playing a given player more snaps than another player, Pass protection is down on the list. If everything on the list is important, if it all, I don't think it's 33%, 33%, 33%. There's a sliding scale of importance. And I would say pass protection is less than ability to actually break a tackle and make a chunk play and the like. It's not as important. That's what I said. It's not as important. I didn't, if I said it, I'll apologize for it. I don't believe I said it, that pass protection isn't important. I know it's important. But it's not as important as other aspects well, of the running game. Well, now we're changing. Now I have and no I'd like problem. to know what aspect of the running game that Kenny Gainwell has been better than DeAndre Swift in this year. Now, now, now we have no problem. So if you, if you didn't say that, I'll give you homework. If you didn't say that yesterday, we have no problem. Of course, you're not going to hear me say pass protection is more important for a running back than running the football. Yeah, I, I'm saying, and by the way, you, you, you're talking about. Brian answered the question. So, you know, if you have the transcript, you can go listen to Brian's answer with Kenny Gainwell. And he gave the same answer Nick Suriani gave. And I said he would. They like him in pass protection. And by the way, that's the better argument. He's not that good. I Can I, can I stop you here? I know I would love to have the coach here to be able to ask him. This follow-up didn't come up. If you like him in pass protection, 39 snaps he was on the field. Why did you only have him pass protect pass one protect. play? Which, by the way, it was the second play of the game. The only time he stayed in to pass protect was the second play of the game. And then you're going to give that answer afterwards that one of the reasons you played Gainwell more than you did Swift was because of pass protection. And you only asked him to pass protect one out of 39. There plays. are I'm no sorry, that math doesn't work. There are no design pass protections for running backs. A coach doesn't come into the game and say, I'm going to have the running back pass block 10 times. They're picking up blitzes. Chips don't get, um, they're not getting graded by pro football focus. Um, maybe, maybe, once in a blue moon, you have a max protection where you keep everybody in. Um, when I had one of those on Sunday. And um, maybe in a blue moon, the Eagles obviously don't do it. The Eagles use more empty sets than anybody else. 
There are no design protections for running backs. They are generally picking up a blitz. It is unless you can have Bill Belichick's best spies in a room that says, hey, we're going to blitz on play number 35 on defense. So here would be my question to Brian Johnson, and I'm going to ask you to answer it because we don't have Brian Johnson here with us. If, as you stated earlier, the 49ers don't blitz a lot. They don't think they need to blitz a lot. They believe they can get home with their front four. If part of the reason that you're putting Kenny Gainwell onto the field is because in case he needs to pick up a blitz and you think he's better at it than DeAndre Swift, but you don't think that the 49ers are going to blitz all that often, why would you put Kenny, Kenny Gainwell out there more just in case they It's a philosophy. The he's, a, he's the third down back in the two-minute back and the four-minute back because of his abilities. So when they're in, and again, you're ignoring the personality of the game. They're passing the ball consistently. They become one-dimensional because they're losing. Right. So they have their pass, uh, their pass back, their third down back, their hurry up back in the game because that's his role. So here's Brian's quote on Kenny Gainwell. How much better has Kenny Gainwell gotten in that area? Pass protection. I didn't ask the question, so blame Ruben. Ruben asked the question. He's improved a bunch in terms of his awareness and his understanding of pass protection. He's done a great job in that for us all year. It's something that he's continued to grow in since 2021 when he first got here. There's been plenty of times throughout the course of his career and particularly this season where he's done some amazing things in protection that really don't show up on the stat sheet. You go back to the Rams game or different games, Kansas City or wherever we played, and he's made some big plays and he's allowed us to extend that have allowed us to convert some big downs throughout the course of the year. It's pretty, it was pretty, might have been his most extensive, Brian helping me out, Not might have been his most extensive answer in the press conference. Now, if you want to argue with Nick Sirianni and Brian Johnson that he's not good at that particular job or he's not better at that particular job than DeAndre Swift, how about it? No. I think that's a well, legitimate no, I'm not conversation. I, I, I take him at his word on that. Here's what – and you, you simplified, did a nice job of it, John. They're two-minute back, they're four-minute back, they're third-down back. The whole pie. Not just pass not, – not putting a percentage of importance on – Pass blocking is compared to catching a ball out of the backfield as compared to running and breaking a play and actually getting a uh, chunk out of it. The whole thing, you throw it all into the kit and caboodle. I don't see where Kenny Gainwell is better than DeAndre Swift at any of it. In, if, 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 even if you give him pass protection, because sounds like uh, the coach is pretty locked in that he's this very good pass protector. I haven't gotten through the film of every single game, so I got to take the coach's word at it. Why is he there late game, two minute? In your, if you fall behind, the Eagles haven't fallen. Well, they actually have fallen behind way too often by too many points. I, I'm rethinking the fact that he's my two minute back. I want DeAndre Swift as my two minute back because I think he's got a chance to make a bigger play. Well, that's a, like I said, to me, that's a better argument. That's a legitimate argument because I don't necessarily disagree with that. Now, the one issue where I would come in with um, DeAndre again is, is, and that's a part of it as well, is the, you know, we're not talking about a guy who can handle 300 touches. So at some point, while yes, you can't legislate injuries, you also don't want to be overtly obtuse about it and say, well, the guy's already 
uh, at, at a career high number of rushing attempts. He'll break his career high in touches this week. The one year, and the only reason he hasn't broken it yet is because the one year Detroit he caught a whole bunch of balls, six over sixty. I think he's ten below his career number in touches. And we're at, you know, this will be game thirteen. So you got 13, 14, 15, 16, 17. And plus the Eagles want to play deep into the playoffs. They want to get three games in the playoffs as well. Um, so I think you got to be aware of not overusing DeAndre Swift. So they were always going to be a a back by committee. Even when they started, they were always, and it was Kenny as number one. They were always going to be a back by committee because they don't have uh, three an old school Chuck Foreman three down running back who's going to touch it four hundred times. That, that I mean, these guys will evaporate if if you use them that right. much. And you know what I'm going to say. We got to get to Mike Gill here in a second. Can't have it both ways. You can't tell me we've really got to digest and know the numbers and oh, not overuse the guy and reserve for it. And then try the two defensive end out there as often as you do. You can't, can't do it both ways. You can't say we're going to look at a big picture and we're going to be protective. We can't, but then you're running the two defensive ends who are star players on your team, more important than either of the two running backs. And they're on a pace. You talk about on a pace to play more snaps and they've ever played more touches. Well, than, should, than I mean, played before. And l- l- again, last week, Nolan Smith, 11 snaps. Derek Barnett, with about three walkthroughs under his belt, played more snaps for the Texans last week than Nolan Smith did here in Philadelphia. So uh, either you uh, have an eye on the big picture and you're going to manage every player on your team's snaps, or you don't. Or you say, we're all in. We got to win this week. It's the 49ers. My God, we got to throw questions to the wind. We got to have our best players on the field. Well, we'll there, there's, there's, there's rotational positions and there aren't rotational positions. Now, running back generally in the modern game has become a rotational position. Not everywhere, but most places. Edge rusher in Philadelphia, because they want it to be a road, there, there are guys. Josh Sweat has played slightly more than. Um, and I'm looking it up real quick, slightly more than Hassan Reddick. Now, the Eagles don't want to use him as much as they have, and that was not their plan at the beginning of the season. But there are plenty of edge rushers that play more than the Eagles had. And some play, Max Crosby, he doesn't leave the field. Um, you know, and he might be the best edge rusher in football. In 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 some places, um, TJ Watt, he never leaves the field. Uh uh, Daniel Hunter, he never leaves the field. Alex Heisman, Christian McCaffrey Evan, almost never leaves the field. So yeah. you're going to compare the Eagles to other organizations where we could do the same thing with running back. Well, I'm saying there are certain positions that are rotational and certain positions that aren't, quarterback being most notably. Um, edge rushers kind of in between. The Eagles want it to be rotational, but they haven't found players they're comfortable with. And that's you know, no, uh, Nolan Smith has been not been able to get on the field. It, uh, you know, they probably would have hoped, and they certainly hoped that Derek Barnett would offer them more. But, you know, for years they would say the same thing about Fletcher Cox inside. We don't want to play Fletcher this much. And then they would. Why would they? 
Because they had to. I mean, they didn't want to take him off the field. And yeah. I Same thing feel, now with again, Ezra. If I'm out on an island by myself, okay. If I'm a Kenny Gainwell hater, sorry I am. Uh, I don't get it. I don't understand. I disagree with their evaluation of Kenny Gainwell is as good, if not better. And he was better last week because they played him more snaps than DeAndre Swift. They that's, played him that's more my snaps because of the game. If the game was 24-21, DeAndre would have got more snaps. Uh, again, I'm acknowledging that the Eagles have their view, and their view counts. Mine doesn't count. Squat one. I'm a foolish YouTube talk show host. But my opinion is there's no game. There's no situation. Th 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 there is no reason for Kenny Gainwell to play snaps more snaps than DeAndre in any game. I get it. You don't even have to say it, John. But the Eagles think of Kenny. I get that. They do. I I disagree. I think they're wrong. Play the well, that's fine. Put them on the carpet. Hey, Nick, you're wrong. Brian Johnson, you're wrong. In my opinion, you're wrong. If you are putting that much emphasis on Kenny Gainwell and what he can do, all things in, pass blocking, catch the ball out of the backfield, break a play, make a chunk play, put it all into one big pie. Well, uh, uh, then, pot then it should be. The Gainwell pie. Then you, then you, and that's a legitimate argument, and that's fine. We got to get the mic. I apologize, Mike. Then play Boston Scott. The point is, you can't play DeAndre Swift every stinking play of the game. You got to, it's got to be Boston Scott. Rashad Penny can't pass block anybody, so it's not going to be Rashad Penny. Um, it's got to be somebody else. All right. If you don't like Kenny Gainwell, you don't like Kenny Gainwell, but you got to have somebody else. And, it, it, and I would say the same would thing. I would say the same thing about defensive ends. Why, why did, did, did Josh Sweat not drop in the draft because he was an injured player? Are they yeah. not taking a chance by playing Josh Sweat as many snaps as they're playing him a game, John? Well, he's proven, you know, early in his career. Josh hates this, by the way. Early in his career, yeah, they were very cognizant of his injury, which happened in high school. But he's proven. And college. He, he was starting both high school and college. The massive one was high no, school. No, the cat, catastrophic one. And that's the one they're concerned about was in high school, which – if, you know, things weren't done properly, he could have lost his leg. That's how dangerous that was. So um, not run-of-the-mill torn ACL or anything like that. He, he had a Teddy Bridgewater-like injury in, in high school. So that's the one they're concerned with, um, were concerned with. But he's proven he's over it. So they're no longer as much concerned with it. But there's no doubt they would love Nolan Smith to seize more playing time, but they just don't feel comfortable playing him right now. Mike Gill has patiently sat and waited for us because we were off on a tangent arguing about Kenny Gainwell and usage. Uh, so, yes, I, too, will apologize to Mike Gill. Oh, my God, I can see his T-shirt. You can't, ladies and gentlemen. Wait till you see the Mike Gill making a statement today oh. with his T-shirt. You'll have to wait and see what that is. Quickie timeout, then come back here. I'm Birds 365. Go to get your game on. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit and the hits. Go for the stakes and the stakes. Go to get your parlay on. Go to get your party on. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to Ocean. Visit theoceanac.com to plan your visit. At Pond Lee Hockey, we've recovered billions of dollars for our clients, and we're confident we can do the same for you. 
With over 250 years of combined courtroom experience, we've helped over 100,000 injured clients obtain some of the largest settlements in Pennsylvania. One conversation is all it takes to help you and your family get back on track. If you've been injured in an accident, give Pond Lee Hockey a call. Field of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Champions on three. One, two, three. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. We're here to show you a better way to spend your state income taxes and get the money to where it's needed to move to the thousands of qualified kids. What we like about blocks is they really know where the need is. This program ensures that their dollars come 100% into these kids for their tuition assistance. If you are able, blocks makes the EITC piece go very quickly and very smoothly. Turn your PA state tax liability into need-based scholarships and receive a 90% tax credit. Underdog Fantasy has a way for you to play alongside your favorite football team all season long with their Fantasy Pick'em game. You pick between two to five players, select whether they'll go higher or lower on one of their stats, then do what you usually do on a Sunday. Watch the games. You can win up to 20 times your money in a single game by going five for five. It's a fantasy game. And the sports betting show wants you to get involved. Go to underdogfantasy.com. When you sign up, use the promo code WIN, and Underdog will double your first deposit up to $100. That's underdogfantasy.com. Use the promo code WIN. Do you stream on a Roku, Fire Stick, Google TV, or Apple TV? Now you can watch 6ABC 24-7 with the 6ABC Philadelphia streaming app. And the big story on Action News. Search 6ABC Philadelphia and start streaming today. E-A-G-L-E-S. Eagles. You got the Mac and Mac guys. It's a Wednesday. That means we've got Mike Gill from uh, the Sports Bash down the shore. Uh, and uh, he gets Johnny Mac up as a guest uh, during the week. So he comes out with us. And we appreciate it whenever he does. We're going back to the Ivies again, Mike. Now, wh- yeah. when were you last at Yale? You like the fact that when you're out traveling with your team, bah, 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 you, you, you make sure if you're anywhere within driving distance of an Ivy school, you get yourself a T-shirt. When did you pick up the Yale shirt? Uh, I was probably there like two summers ago. I went to uh, New Haven on my way to Fenway Park. We stayed around New Haven, got the pizza, and then... Good. New Haven pizza is phenomenal. Yeah, went to Frank Pepe's on my way to Fenway. So we, my show gets off the air at 6. We left at 6.15. We stayed around New Haven on Friday night, woke up in the morning, and went to Fenway for a Yankees Red Sox game. So this Ooh, had to be that's, that's a good trip, man. Yet yeah, Yale and uh, Fenway Park. That's not bad. On the way so home, we um, we went to Newport, Rhode Island. By the way, can you give me a former Eagle Yale draft pick? Ooh, um, Yale draft pick. Mm, not many I of them. Thirty. 
33 players have played in the pros from uh, Yale. By the way, former Bears coach Dick Duran is a Yale. Okay. Smart guy. Smart guys. Um, yeah, I'm. Uh, I'm you got to you got to give it to me. Who's the Yale drafty by the? Going back to tight end John Spagnola. Oh, Spags, yeah. Actually, yeah. the Yale guy. I never knew that. Uh, good, good one, Mike. And oh, by the way, I never would have made it to Yale to get a T-shirt and or the pizza place. Spags. Go ahead. Sorry. If I'm on 95 going that way. Yeah, I'm just keeping. I'm going to just keep going to Mohegan Sun. You're not going to Mohegan Sun. Yeah. You're not going to get me to stop for pizza. And if I'm if I'm heading that direction on 95, I'm just going till I hit. Mohegan. Speaking of, I I believe because it's Eagles Cowboys week. For Calvin those Hill. who remember Calvin Hill, he was. I believe you know, one of my talent talent guy. Was, oh yeah, Calvin and, Hill. And, one of my talents in this yeah. world used to be. If you gave me a player, I could tell you where he went to college. And I could do that up to. Yeah, uh, I could do that up to a certain. Yeah, point maybe up now. to about 10 years yeah. ago where yeah. now, I mean, guys are playing at four colleges yeah, in four years. But it's all back bad. in the day, I, I, NBA, I, NBA, I could nail about 95% of them in, in back when I was like in college. It would be like a, a yeah. party trick. Watch Mike Gill get every college. Bang. Throw me a player. Kurt Nymphius. Bang. You know. Curtin Impious. By the way, I, I, I would have to think, I, I don't know, I would have to think Calvin Hill's got to be the best NFL player from Yale, I would think. Has there been anybody better? I, except, I except in uh, a Super Bowl, they went to Dwayne Thomas instead of Calvin Hill, which I still could stay because I was a Cowboy fan at the time. Couldn't figure out, wait a minute, you're going to bench the really good smart guy? For the troublemaking guy, just because he had a couple of big, where did Mister Mister Mike Gill knows everybody's college? Where Dwayne Thomas go to college? That I don't know. It's a little before my California, the California Penal Institute. (laughs) (laughs) You might be right, Johnny Mac. That's funny. Uh, All right, uh, Mike Gill, you can chime in on this running back thing and. Either I said something that John interpreted incorrectly or I said something incorrectly yesterday. Um, putting pass protection in with the ability to make big plays, in with ability to catch the ball, in with everything else. And Kenny Gainwell in a given game gets more snaps than DeAndre Swift. Knowing DeAndre Swift is a player who has a history of injury and the Eagles might be trying to protect him. Do you have a problem with a game that Kenny Gainwell gets more snaps uh, almost 25% more snaps than uh, DeAndre Swift for the Eagles the rest of the way. Well, of course, if you're telling me he's got more snaps, you're not playing the, your best player. That's kind of the point I was trying to make all day yesterday. But yeah. does, that, that, that can, can, does nobody bring in the blowout aspect of it? Well, like, I, I mean, I, I, in a game, though, it's interesting you bring that up. In a game where we're complaining that why did you leave the starters out on the field this whole time, the one guy he took off the field was maybe the one – now, he got ripped. And Oh, by the way, he didn't. That's Again, I got to do it with you, too. They're saying something, and then there's actual evidence. Kenny Gainwell was off the field. DeAndre Swift was on the field. And he got laid out with two minutes to play. So yeah. they didn't take DeAndre Swift off the field. It wasn't because, oh, we got to protect DeAndre Swift. No, DeAndre Swift was out there, down by three touchdowns, and got laid out by Lenore with two minutes to play. So the whole, oh, they might have been protecting DeAndre Swift, except the evidence says they didn't. They put him back out there with two minutes to go, and he almost got killed. The entire running back situation all year has been somewhat perplexing to me 
Gainwell, literally, I think I can remember one play all season when you were like, okay, he showed a little something there. He has been maybe the most disappointing guy, period. I mean, when they drafted him, you had a guy that played wide receiver in college. He wasn't really even a running back, or he was a running back that they converted to wide receiver because they had so much depth at running back that they had to get him on the field. This team has not used him in that capacity at all. He has no burst. He has no wiggle. He has nothing that this team can use to say, this is why we use him. Your guy's argument I heard, which was, he's a better pass protector. At no by the point, way, I don't even know if he is. And at, no point, exactly, at no point have I watched a game and said, that's why he's out there. That's where he shows his oats. He, to me, has given this team essentially nothing. He adds nothing. So if you're going to give a touch to somebody, you're taking away a touch from someone who can give you explosive plays. Now, I know you can't play Swift the whole time. But, John, what you said is accurate. Boston Scott, in my mind, has more plus plays. Has more plus plays that I can recall than Well, that's the thing. So here's, here's what I'll ask you guys. If if you insert because I see it in 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 the chat and everybody's like, Gainwell's trash. Gainwell's that trash. They can't get past it. If you if you replace the name Kenny Gainwell with Boston Scott, who generally everybody likes, um, yeah, you know they don't get to see him as much, and he plays well against the Giants, and you have the same disproportionate. Um, uh, snaps in a blowout game, and that's the key, in a blowout game where you're behind the whole game. Um, and Boston has the same role as Kenny Gainwell. Does anybody make a peep? Does anybody make a peep? I would. Because if you're not playing DeAndre Swift more than any other back you have, I'm sorry, that's malfeasance. It, 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 in a blowout game? It's again. weird that this um, week in this a blowout game down by three touchdowns, they had DeAndre Swift on the field and he almost died. The hit that Lenore laid on him was yeah. Well, you can almost die on any play. I'm saying I'm not saying they were trying to protect him. I'm saying he has the same role. I'm saying he has the same role as Kenny Gainwell. Pretend Kenny Gainwell doesn't exist. So Boston Scott has the same role as the hurry up, and he the plays third the, and he plays the same level that Kenny Gain. All we're doing is changing out a name. Uh, well, it's the guy he can play. He, he he's well liked. He's um, I obviously if he plays at the same level Kenny Gainwell, he's not going to well, be well. John, so I'm one talking of the reasons, about one of the reasons Gainwell. I mean, excuse me, Scott. I think is well liked. Is it's the classic case of whenever he gets the opportunity. He does his job and it, and he does it yeah, well. Which is, you know, Jody, so you can let's assume like the John Mayberry Jr. Yeah. When John Mayberry Jr. gets a chance to play, he hits home runs. And then when he gets a big chance to play, he sucks. Stops hitting so, home runs, right. So Scott is in the role of when he plays r- randomly against the Giants all the time. Somebody seems to get hurt. He plays and scores three touchdowns. So your thoughts of him are all positive. If he had the role that Gainwell had, which was an extended time, you might see that he's not the player that you're seeing in limited time. That we don't know because he never really gets that opportunity outside of 
When someone gets hurt, you're the guy. But when someone's not hurt, you're nothing. You are a complete yeah, the Eagles, and I've been saying it all year, and you know this, Jody. Hey, whisper, the Eagles are not very good at running back. They're not very good at running back because they don't value the yeah, position. See, yeah, I disagree with you. I think DeAndre Swift's been very good. See, I at the beginning of this year, I said Eagle fans are going to overvalue DeAndre Swift based on what he did against you in game one last year. He is not that back, and the Eagles are telling you he is not that back. And part of the problem with him is, and they're trying to figure this out. It's I said this yesterday on my show. He has had monster games. But if you look at the carries, he can't sustain that over the course of the year. The Eagles know that. So they are picking and choosing. He is way over his touch uh, limit from last year. And his career high, he is way over right now. And his problem is he cannot stay healthy. He has had games where he has had 25 carries. And the Eagles are saying, we cannot give him 25 carries a game. So they are trying to find a balance here. The problem is, the guy they're trying to balance him in is giving you nothing. And yeah. there's a little well, bit that of I, that. I have no problem with that argument. There are 59 running backs graded by PFF right now. 59. Guess where Kenny Gainwell is? No 50, idea. 60. 59. He's last. 59. Now, guess where DeAndre Swift is? Probably not much higher. Oh, I'd say not higher. He's got to be in the top half. 47. Really? Yeah. Uh, I would have bet at top half. Swift has had a couple of of flash games and moments. But if you look at the whole pie, it's Minnesota, Tampa Bay. uh, He played well against Buffalo. Not a lot in the middle of that uh, chunk there where he really played well. I mean, he has a lot of games of under four yards a carry. They don't use him as a receiver at all. I mean, they got this guy, and everyone's excited. He's a Philly guy, and then he played against the Eagles late. We always remember what the guy does against your team. He had 150 yards against us last year in week one, and you remember that. He didn't do that the rest of the year combined. No, I, I, I get that. I, I'm like, you know, because we just saw the best running back in football. Um, and, I, you know, it's it's unfair to compare anybody. But I do – the same thing happened last year with Miles. If Miles – Miles is in Carolina. Miles is a disaster. Yeah. Uh, on this team, he was great. He was a Pro Bowl running back. Monday, if Miles was here, would the running game be better right now? Be the same, probably. Somewhere in the same realm. See, um, the perplexing thing to me is you have Swift, and he has his role, and he's got the burst. He's got the speed, and he shows it from time to time. The yeah. problem with the Eagles, I think, are wary of his his carries. The question is, and this goes back to, I hate to bring Penny back up, but you signed him before you got Swift. What was your view of him when you brought him in before? Like, was he going to be the guy? And then Swift became available and you got him and he fell off the map? Because to me, he would be a complimentary style of back to what Swift offers. Gainwell is a similar type of back of what Swift offers, but lousier. So you have two guys who essentially do That's a good same. way to put it, by the way. You have two guys who essentially do the same want to play the same style as opposed to, hey, we have Swift, he's fast, he's quick, he's got the moves. Boom, we'll use him for 15 carries and then the other 10 to 12, we're going to give to the big guy and let him kind of pound and wear it, guys. You're giving the complimentary uh, touches to a non-complimentary talent. 
Yeah, but they yeah. think he is. Uh, and John, he, he had the transcript early. If you still have it, I'd appreciate you punch it up real quick. From uh, what Brian he Johnson said yesterday, yesterday made no sense. We have to have patience. We have to. What do you mean patience? You had six carries. What kind of patience is that? And three yeah. of your carries, three of your six came on the first drive of the game. Yeah. You know, hey, I, what I, are you hey, talking you know, about? J- Jason Kelsey was very honest after the game. Now, Jason's very hard on himself, and obviously hard on the offensive line as a whole because they're very good. And he said flat out, no no play caller in the world is going to keep running the football the way we were performing. Um, so, you know, part of that is certainly defending his guy. but yeah, And I he's mean, just an accountable guy. But This is they, – they ran 24 plays their first two possessions. Yeah. 24. They scored six points. They're they're up six nothing. They ran twenty four plays and killed about twelve minutes off the clock. Right. And in that, they ran the ball half the time on that first drive. They went down the field to kick field goals. What happened to me was they got down seven six after controlling and dominating that game. Yeah. And in every week when we talk about how do you beat the Eagles, you've got to get uncomfortable. You've got to do things you don't want to do. And the Eagles got uncomfortable and bailed. They said, we are nickel and diamond down the field, and we're losing. And I think they panicked and said, we got to get back into this game. And they just started taking shots down the field. And the next thing you know, they were down 14 to 6. And right. the next but thing I, you know, I think that's what, again. I think that's what the coach meant by patience. Patience instead of panic. If you're going to describe it as panic, which is pretty accurate, uh, no, we can't be panicked. We got to be patient. We got to stick with the running game. So I'm not yeah. sure why you didn't understand well, the point that the OC was making, because I did. But, uh, John, if you got the treasure, did anybody ask him about Penny when they were talking about Gainwell? Did at any no. point that John, Penny's He's name never came up? He's a it's ghost. a legit oh, question, and I'd like it asked to both he and Sirianni because you'll remember last year, out of nowhere, out of the blue, Nick Sirianni would bring up, and Trey Sermon looks really good in practice. Man, is he giving us good practice run. And he's a, and he would never put him in a game. He had no chance to ever play. Yeah. But just every six weeks, he'd offhand, not, not ask a direct question about Sermon. He would just go to the book of Sermon. Uh, he hadn't, yeah. Has he done that once? No. Either the offensive no. coordinator or the coach referenced Rashad Penny out of the blue once this entire year? Not once. Not once. And, and I'm Mike's at every single – at... Why the hell did you sign this guy? Why did you bring him in? How freaking bad has he been in practice that you can't even think about using now, him? I'm surprised he's still here. I question all the I'm, time. And I'm, I know, I'm, it's, you know, I, I'm not saying to John, you guys get like one question in these things. So I know most of the times it's – this is what I'm writing about. I got about blah, 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 blah. But it's I would be much more understandable as the penny situation. If someone said, you know what? Right now, he's not blocking. He doesn't have the speed. He doesn't have the burst. He's not the same player. You have a guy who is inactive. On game day, inactive. Who his last two seasons. Now I know he's had a lot of major injuries. And maybe that's the problem. Maybe they just watched him and said, he's not the same guy. The last two years he played. The dude averaged over six yards a carry, not once, but twice. And in his career, when he's healthy, he averages about five and a half yards per carry. He's one of the most explosive backs in the league. Now, if you told me, someone asked him, hey, Nick, you know, Rashad Penny averaged over six yards a carry the last two years in, in Seattle. Is there any reason why he can't get on the field? 
Well, he doesn't have the same burst that he had in Seattle. Okay, now I don't think he's going to give you that answer, but he might give you something between the tea leaves here to tell you why. Yeah, Nick, Nick doesn't do that, believe me. Touch, and you're playing Kenny Gainwell, who, quite frankly, is 60th out of 59. He ain't 59, he's 60. Like Doug, Pe- Doug Peterson did that once to us, and it was phenomenal. It was one of my favorite moments because rarely do you see a coach that honest. And he was talking about Jay Ajahi. When he came back, not not Jay Ajahi during the Super Bowl. Right. When he came back, he left to Miami, came back. And we just asked him out of the blue at one point, and it was off the record, but he ultimately talked about it, so I can talk about it. Uh, and he said, you got nothing left. There's nothing left. Um, I think I would Nick, answer, Nick would never do that. Nick would never do that. But actions speak louder than words. Yeah. I don't think he's got anything left. You're looking at Julio Jones. Um, this guy's a first ballot Hall of Famer. Yeah. I don't know if he's got anything left. It, 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 these guys don't stay. I tell Jody all the time. These guys don't stay to stasis nope. because Shaq Leonard was a three-time All-Pro. You ain't getting the three-time All-Pro. Uh, no, hopefully, that story you get is still mystifying yeah. to me. Yeah, the, the, the Shaq Leonard. We got to get because we went over. That's yeah. I apologize again, but we got to get this to you at Mike Gill Show, uh, ESPN. South Jersey, um, sports bash, David Carr <laughs> yesterday. Now, I, I don't mute, know what to think I had of a this. mute David Carr on my ex. I, I don't know what to think of this. This is so ridiculous. I mean, Jalen Hurts is getting a bit of a pass. He had a bad game. Let's be honest. And we're not talking about it. And that's probably Jody and my faults as well. We, you know, we're giving way too much talk about the running back, but the quarterback didn't play well, and the quarterback's far more important than freaking Kenny Gainwell or DeAndre Swift. And re-watching the game, there were a number of throws that were there, and he just didn't pull the trigger mm-hmm. for whatever reason. I don't know if he didn't trust it, if he didn't trust Jack Stoll or Albert O, because these guys aren't playmakers. But there were throws to be made on a handful of occasions and he's just holding on to the football, similar to what he was earlier in his career. Um, now, David Carr goes out and says he should be benched for Marcus Mariota, of all people, assuming Marcus Mariota is going to process quick. That's not even his game, number one. Marcus isn't a pure pocket passer who's going to process quickly like Brock Purdy and get the football out on time. Um now, he did mention the injuries as well, but from my perspective, he passed the concussion protocol. He, he ditched the sleeve after the bye on his knee. Everybody's banged up. Nobody should know that better than David Carr. He almost got killed uh, in Houston. That's what ruined his career, evidently in bad, <laughs> I don't know, bad takes. Still lingering concussion yeah. 20 years um, later. What do, what do you make of this? Just hot well, take girls or Let me real. ask this question. Did you take it as he's saying Hertz isn't 100%? Yes. Hit him and rest him until he gets – because he's not going to ever be 100% if you keep playing him. I don't think he was saying bench him because Mariota's better. Right. I think what no, he was trying yes, to say yes. was – yeah. Why don't you sit Hurts so he can get to a hundred? But who's a hundred percent in game thirteen? Nobody, probably. But I, and I'm not defending the guy because I think you know he's trying to, you know, he's saying this in a way that makes it. But I think, 
I think what he was trying to say poorly was, look, this guy's not 100%. You're seeing his play has tailed off a little bit. Why not play Mariota, who has won games in the NFL? And, I mean, quite frankly, you're playing the Giants, Arizona, and the Giants. No, he's the, he, he said this week. He didn't say, go beat Jalen. Oh, no, 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 no. I know that, And then Jody. we'll pick it up. So I know that, the, but I think he was saying. The only thing in question next- is this week. You can get to the Giants and the Cardinals when you get to the Giants. Well, let's, let's pretend he's right and Jalen's not 100%. And you you think Marcus Mariota gives you a better chance to beat Dallas than, than Jalen Hurts? At no, this? and that's the problem. I think even Jalen right now playing, as you mentioned, I, I did not think he – I watched a lot of the the all 22. Yeah, I mean, he had a terrible game in terms of what he saw in that field. It looked like he was – playing backyard football, waving guys all over the place, you know, wait. It felt like he was waiting for stuff there that was just not, you know, the, the people, the offensive line must have been looking around like, oh, what's going on back there? Like, deliver the football already. He did not play well. Um, I think what Carr was trying to say was, if he's not 100% healthy, if you want to get him back to 100% healthy to have the best chance to win a Super Bowl, you might have to lose the the, the battle to win the war, meaning you got to sit him for a couple of weeks, let him heal back up so that he goes much like last year where he sat for two games, you know, with that ankle problem uh, instead of trying to push it. Now he played that giant game because they actually needed it. Oh, by the way, David Carr and Mike Gill, they need all the games from here until the end of the season. Yeah. As of right now, they need every game. Well, it could change, I mean, but as we sit here today, they need every game. So Marcus Mariota doesn't see the field unless Jalen Hurts' leg is in a well, cast. Okay, real quick. If they lose the game this week, they will still be in the lead in the division. And if they tie Dallas, they will win that tiebreaker at 14 yes. and 3 and 14 yeah. and 3. If both teams win out, yes. If that, both teams win out the rest of the way. Now, Dallas has a much more difficult schedule the rest of the way. They play Buffalo, Miami, Detroit. Uh, I forget where they play Washington at the yeah, end. Washington, yeah, Washington. So they play Buffalo, Miami, Detroit, Washington. Philadelphia will play Seattle, New York, Arizona, New York. So if you both went out there, you will win the division. The, the, the number one seed would be the one in peril. And San Francisco, you know, they have Baltimore coming up. They have a game with Seattle at the end. So, By the way, I think this is a sneaky game for San Francisco because I think, you know, talk about trap games. Now, it is at home, so but Seattle almost beat Dallas at home. Seattle's not a bad team. Um, well, Seattle's interesting, and the Rams are starting to come on pretty strong here, and no, they're going to be playing for a – What's that? I'm not as big on the Rams, but they're playing for a while. They're going to be playing for a wild card, Bert. So, you know, it's not the Rams team that the Eagles saw earlier in the season. This is a team that has been coming on, playing much better, and they're going to be in a wild card contention. So it's going to be interesting. You're you're right, Jody. I mean, they're going to have to – if they lose this game to Dallas, right, you have no margin for error. And if you want to win the number one seed, you're probably going to need some help the rest of the way. Right. And you can't play for help from someone else. You can't do less. No, you're going to do less yourself and hope for somebody else to pick up the pieces for you. Sorry, David Carr. I, I get what he was saying about uh, protecting players and get them to 100%. No, no. Winning games, giving your way, best shot week, week in, week out with your best quarterback outweighs everything else at this stage. If you sit him for two games and he gets to 100%, he probably comes back in and gets banged up again. It's the NFL, David Carr. You got sacked 70 freaking times, you know. Well, 
you know, the Eagles last year, they I don't think they wanted to play Jalen in that last game. No, they, they didn't. Had to. They didn't. So I think in their mind is, you know what, we would like to get this guy. Now, I don't think they're thinking about You'd that love at all. love to in week 18. Week yeah, they're not thinking about that at all. But it'll be interesting if they win this game against Dallas. Now they'll have that little cushion in the division. Then Seattle next week. If how they would manage those last three games. Now that may have changed because of the loss against San Francisco, but you're talking about three games in the division that may or may not have a lot of uh, impact. I'd rather have Jalen Hurts off week 18 than week 14. And Carr is suggesting 14's a time to get him healthy. No, no. I keep playing, and hopefully you're in a position where week 18, week 18, game 17, you don't need it. That that would be the best play. Mike Gill, we always appreciate it when you come on. Uh, how many of the uh, Ivy Leagues do you have left that you haven't touched on? You've given us four or five. I've been to Princeton. I've been to Brown. I do not have a Brown shirt, by the way. I've been to Yale. I have many a brown shirt. I can lend you one if you need one. <laughs> thank you. Thank <laughs> you. Uh, I have been to it through a handful of them. So um, I don't know. I think I've I've been to Harvard before, but I don't have a Harvard shirt. Um, but yeah, Yale was my last one. I've been to Yale twice, actually, mostly for the pizza. Very good. Uh, just keep going to Mohegan Sun. I saw Mike. people in the chat. Frank Pepe's, he said he went to Modern. I've been to Sally's and I've been to Modern. And Modern and Frank's, yes, I would say pretty comparable. I, I'm more Frank's than I am Modern for that guy in the chat there. All right. Uh, the pizza stylings of New Haven, Connecticut. Uh, Mike Gill, always a pleasure. Thank you, bud. We'll punch you up again next week. Mike Gill from the Sports Bash down the shore, 97.3 ESPN Radio. All right, McMall and McDonald, Mac and Mac guys coming on back. we still got plenty to do, including talk to one, Double B, the return of Double B. Barrett Brooks going to join us in about 15 minutes. Stay right there. you own a company and you're not producing a podcast you're missing out the public consumes messaging when they're ready join the professional podcast network of companies and let jacob media partners put you in the podcast arena come to our professional studio or we'll come to your place of business and professionally produce your company podcast call jacob media right now at 267-261-3428-267-261-3428 my name is dr bruce grossinger and I'm the medical director of Philadelphia PRP and Stem Cell Institute. I'm reaching out to those who suffer from spine and joint pain. We use treatment methods that require no surgery, no scalpel, no drugs. Running, walking, or whatever your desires are, Dr. Groshner is where you need to come. You can benefit from the same PRP and stem cell treatment as Wilbert Montgomery. Call us now at 610-222-5675. Any professional sports coach will tell you there's no substitution for preparation. At Malamut & Associates, that is a tenet by which we live. We prepare from day one for victory. Anything less is not acceptable. 
Underdog Fantasy has a way for you to play alongside your favorite football team all season long with their Fantasy Pick'em game. You pick between two to five players, select whether they'll go higher or lower on one of their stats, then do what you usually do on a Sunday. Watch the games. You can win up to 20 times your money in a single game by going five for five. It's a fantasy game. And the sports betting show wants you to get involved. Go to underdogfantasy.com. When you sign up, use the promo code WIN, and Underdog will double your first deposit up to $100. That's underdogfantasy.com. Use the promo code WIN. Back here on Birds 365. Appreciate you guys streaming in. We have a nice chunk of streamers as of right now. Hit the like button. Hit the like button because you like Mike Gill. They like when we argue, and they like Mike's uh, pizza takes. Is I his, gather. There's uh, some I, wild I comments today, Jody. Love his pizza take. Uh, I gotta mock him for his uh, choice of T-shirts, Ivy League. Yeah, like Mike yeah. Gill's an Ivy Leaguer. That's yeah, like got, me. That's like me being an Ivy Leaguer. Come on, you can't. Got an IQ get, of uh, one seventy three. You I can't believe. begin to pull that off. I can't begin to pull that. It's decorative if you're putting on a Yale T-shirt. No chance, no shot. But we love Gill. Um, I Johnny Mac. We talked so much about the offense in the first couple. Yeah, of years. you, you, I, you know who's to, happy? Sean Desai is. Sean Desai. He's not gonna uh, bite a bullet here. Nor are you, McMullen. Because I got to thank my guy, Shiel Kapadia. I saw a tweet that he put up yesterday. He said, after watching the go back and watch the game over again on the defensive side of the ball, um, that he got out his stopwatch and, and timed it out, that Brock Purdy supposedly, oh, the defensive line can't get that. Brock gets it out of his hand too fast. It's irrelevant. You take the defensive line completely out of it. 2.85 seconds. Not even close to what Sam Howell did to them earlier this year. Howell was like it's almost scraping under two. Purdy was a hell of a lot closer to three seconds per average uh, time of the ball in his hands. And, oh, by the way, he put up the numbers that he put up. So the fact that the Eagles' D-line didn't get there when they were just four, I think does say something. Cover and pass, rush, rush and cover. I know they go hand in hand. Well, we almost always start with rush first, rush and cover. And then we say cover and rush. There's a reason for it. It starts with the defensive line. And they did not do their job on, on Sunday. And oh, by the way, this was the other half for Shields' tweets, which I thought was great. Eagles on the blitz. John, you want to take a guess oh, how many man. plays the oh, Eagles? Man. Now, you want well, to take a guess on how many plays they blitzed on Sunday against the 49ers? I think... I believe, and I don't have it up, I believe Purdy was 10 of 11 against the Blitz. I, I believe that was the final. Um, 10 of 11 for 213 yards, yeah. three touchdowns, seven first downs, and the Eagles got exactly zero sacks with the Blitz. Yeah. So our boy, we all love, we all love Sam. Uh, 
but Seth lives and dies with the blitz every single week here on the post game show. And they blitzed 11 times, which is not a bad number. Not only didn't they get home, they got abused yeah. when they blitzed. The 49ers made them pay a price when they blitzed. And the blitz is the extra guy plus your four defensive down linemen. They didn't do diddly on Sunday against the 49ers. And the the evidence is that it wasn't all just because Brock Purdy took a step and a half and he got the ball out of his hands. No, they didn't get home. Well, yes. he did get rid of the ball quickly. But yes. 2.5 is not outrageously quick, John. Uh, it, it, Look, their whole offense is based. Look, I get it. There's, there's a famous quote. Uh, I wish I could get. Um, and I love Shield. Don't get me wrong, but uh, uh, it, I love Shield because he's spitting facts. Well, yeah, but and that's why there's there's you can look at you can manipulate numbers to tell a narrative if you want to. So I'm trying to. Uh, who said it? God damn it! Um, anyway, the the there's three kinds of lies: lies, damn lies, and statistics. There's a famous uh, saying by I think it was. Mark Twain, Samuel Clement. But if it's not, I apologize. Um, it, you know, on second view, yeah, Milt Williams, for instance, did not have a good game. Um, the, the, the first quarter of the Eagles were great, but they were only out there for six plays. Six uh, defensively, I'm talking about. Defensively. Mm-hmm. They were great. And generally, uh, from that point forward, <clears throat> they got pretty much shut down, um, which I agree with. Uh, and, you know, San Francisco did a good job. You got number one, you got to tip your hat to the other team and say on paper, what looked like a bad matchup for them, except for Trent Williams and Trent Williams handled Josh Sweat as we expected him to and handled him pretty easily. But that's a Hall of Fame player. The other four guys, the Eagles needed to do a better job with. I don't I don't think there's any question about that. But again, when you. When you when you manipulate like I can turn back and say, well, 315 passing yards, 214 yards after catch. So everything's near the line of scrimmage. Nick Morrow's uh uh um missing tackles, and not just Nick Morrow, other people are involved, but PFF blamed Nick Morrow for everything. Uh he was the whipping boy this week, and he had a very poor game. But the point is, you're getting the ball out. Everything's underneath. Everything's over the middle, which is smart because that's where the Eagles have struggled. And if Hassan Reddick doesn't get home, if Josh Sweat doesn't get home, and you kind of and the Eagles knew going in they weren't going to get the typical performance uh, from Josh Sweat. Um, I, I think, ironically, probably the two best. Edge, uh, excuse me, the two best defensive front people were the two old guys, Fletcher, who didn't even practice all week, and Brandon. Um, so you start looking at what happened to Reddick. Uh, Martin, Milton had his worst game maybe ever. Um, and and I, Davis and Carter did nothing. Yeah, Davis and Carter. And people talked about um, – how many reps they played the week prior and how many defensive snaps. And to the Eagles' credit, they didn't use that as an excuse, by the way. That's more of a – I've seen that from the fan base a lot. But, yeah, Jordan did not play well. Uh, Jordan Davis, Jalen Carter certainly did not play. Um, 
to the level we're used to seeing him playing, which is off the charts. By the way, you have to start talking about one thing I did see, and I forget who brought it up first, is yeah, this is this is the rookie wall, right? I mean, this is about the number of games you play in college. And not only that, now Georgia would play typically a little little bit more, but you didn't play a lot of reps at Georgia because right. of how talented they were. So maybe you have to start looking at the rookie wall, or maybe it was just they played so much the week before, blah, blah, blah. But I think it's fair to say they did not do what we expected them to do <clears throat> against what is on paper a big advantage for them. I think that's fair to say. I think it's unfair to say, you know, San Francisco was just not getting the ball out because that was their whole game plan. Their whole game plan was let's get the ball to our playmakers in space. And by the way, it was a hell of a game plan. Right. But, and and I said this yesterday, it bears repeating. It wasn't like this came out of left field. When we were analyzing the game prior to, if you pick the Eagles to win, and one of the reasons why was the San Francisco 49ers line <laughs> son, Trent Wilton against, uh, John Trent Williams against the Eagles defensive line, you had to know that Purdy's going to get the ball out quickly. So if you were giving the Eagles a big advantage in that area, you did so into the teeth of, well, Purdy's going to get it out in under three seconds. How dominant could the Eagles be in that area if Purdy wasn't going to give you the chance to do it? Well, yeah, and that's why that I my criticized. Point. If, if you believed it was going to be a major advantage for the Eagles, and then it turns out not to be, was the back seven worse than the front four? Yes, of course. But the front four didn't do what they were supposed to do, at least per those who thought the Eagles had a chance to win the game. Yeah, I think that's fair to say. Uh, 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 it's very fair to say, but I'm still going to lean more towards the back seven. I mean, oh, the back seven was, yeah. was was a disaster. But yeah, they needed to win the game up front. And again, it's not about getting home because, and I think this is the perfect game to uh, identify what I've been talking about all year and really since we started this show. Because every single sack that Jalen Hurts took was not the fault of the Eagles' offensive line. It was just him holding on to the football. And or slipping. Yeah, and or slipping. And uh, I think Brock got uh, sacked twice, and it was nope. – well, the, yeah. the Hassan Reddick one was just tremendous pressure right away, but it didn't continue. It was early in the game. Um, and I forget the second one. But uh, I think it was near the line. They were both near the line of scrimmage. They got two yards on each sack. Yeah. Uh, um, two sacks for a total of four yards. So, I mean, Jalen's taking sacks for 16 yards because he's trying to extend the play. And he's getting sacked for two yards. So, it was just a bad performance all around. Um, and that was an advantage. So, maybe it's more disappointing that the defensive front didn't take advantage of what Look like a good matchup on paper. Um, but, boy, I got a tough time getting past that back seven. And Shields other stat that he just threw in quickly. Um, quarterback, the sacks. You think I put too much of an emphasis on it? I stand by that. Uh, there's pressures. There can be pressures that guys complete 80-yard passes. There can be pressures that turn into pick six. It's coming the other way. Championship game, Minnesota. I get it. There are pressures and pressures. Sometimes they're great. Sometimes they're irrelevant. And then his quarterback hits, which is at least something tangible. You can you you made the guy pay a price, certainly on a sack, but you can hit him after he gets rid of the ball, make him pay a price. The Eagles had 
two quarterback hits on the first possession of the game, the first three plays. They hit the quarterback twice. They hit him once the entire rest of the game. One quarterback hit the entire rest of the game after the first three plays. That's not good. Defensive line. All right, you can't get home. He got rid of it real fast. He got it out of his hand. You couldn't get your head up. They didn't even hit him. They didn't even make him pay after he got rid of the football. Uh, the defensive line did not play well. Didn't play as badly as the back seven, but the defensive line did not play well against San Francisco this past week. All right, uh, we see that he's waiting for is that Barrett Brooks? Is that really Barrett Brooks waiting to join the Mac and Mac guys on Birds 365? Where's the brush? He's got to be brushing the, because I remember when I used to do the show with Barrett, you would take off. He'd always be brushing out the beard. He doesn't have to brush it. He's got it. He's Wait, looking he for it. He's getting it. We'll get him to brush the beard for us when he joins us next. Uh, Barrett Brooks here on Birds 365. Please stick around. Go to get your game on. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit and the hits. Go for the stakes and the stakes. Go to get your parlay on. Go to get your party on. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to Ocean. Visit theoceanac.com to plan your visit. At Pond Lee Hockey, we've recovered billions of dollars for our clients, and we're confident we can do the same for you. With over 250 years of combined courtroom experience, we've helped over 100,000 injured clients obtain some of the largest settlements in Pennsylvania. One conversation is all it takes to help you and your family get back on track. If you've been injured in an accident, give Pond Lee Hockey a call. Field of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. We're here to show you a better way to spend your state income taxes and get the money to where it's needed to move to the thousands of qualified kids. What we like about blocks is they really know where the need is. This program ensures that their dollars come 100% into these kids for their tuition assistance. If you are able, Blocks makes the EITC piece go very quickly and very smoothly. Turn your PA state tax liability into need-based scholarships and receive a 90% tax credit. Underdog Fantasy has a way for you to play alongside your favorite football team all season long with their Fantasy Pick'em game. You pick between two to five players, select whether they'll go higher or lower on one of their stats, then do what you usually do on a Sunday, watch the games. You can win up to 20 times your money in a single game by going five for five. It's a fantasy game, and the sports betting show wants you to get involved. Go to underdogfantasy.com. When you sign up, use the promo code WIN, and Underdog will double your first deposit up to $100. That's underdogfantasy.com. Use the promo code WIN. 
Do you stream on a Roku, Fire Stick, Google TV, or Apple TV? Now you can watch 6ABC 24-7 with the 6ABC Philadelphia streaming app. For the big story on Action News. Search 6ABC Philadelphia and start streaming today. E-A-G-L-E-S. Eagles. You got John McMullen, Jody McDonald, and the very well coiffed. Yes, he was combing out the beard right before he came out with us. Barrett Brooks jumping back with us here on Birds 365. I knew Barrett was ready to go when he was cleaning out his beard before he would fill in for John McMullen on his show. Double B, good to see you, brother. Appreciate you. Uh, doing a great job on NBC Sports Philadelphia. I need your offensive line intake, number one. And I used to do this to Barrett. It's just so unfair. I uh, Offensive line, offensive line. I, I try to get in his wheelhouse and like, he knows everything. Why the hell you keep asking about the offensive line, Jody? Well, that's going to be my first question. That's too. my bad. Well, I'm going for it. So I might be. Oh, Barrett's mic is not working. Sander tells us. Oh yeah. We can't hear you. Let's see. Hopefully we figured it out. His no? name keeps changing. Um, Can't hear you. Sander, maybe. Uh, maybe bring Barrett down and try to get him back up. Uh, see what we'll happens see. when you don't do a show on yeah. the stream in a long yeah. time. You forget how to set it up. Amp- no, he, he put it on mute. I saw him put it on mute and put it back on, and it still wasn't working. So yeah. we might have a, a bigger issue. Damn it. <laughs> Damn. I'm excited to get Barrett back. Get Barrett up. His beard looks good. and yeah. yeah, but we can't actually hear him. And that's uh, as good as he yeah. looks. Let's be honest. We really want to hear what Barrett has to say yeah. more than more than anything else. Uh, that Damn it. I wanted to ask him about Trent Williams because I wanted, you know, I that dude is just different, you know. I mean, we talk, we got one here in this city, Lane Johnson, um, the same thing. I'm like, as bad as that game was, Jody, and there's so many outrageous comments about fire everybody. Jesus, this team's 10 and 2, people. Calm the hell down. Um, yeah, it was a terrible game. You know who didn't have a terrible game? Lane Johnson. Lane Johnson. Lane Johnson never has a terrible Completely game. shut down Nick Bosa. Again. And you that's. Know? Yeah, there we go. We there got we him go. back. Good to see you, buddy. <laughs> nice to see you guys too, man. Um, yeah, talking offensive line, that's where Jody was going. So I'll let him get in. But I was just talking about Lane shutting down uh, Nick Bosa. And then Trent Williams, dude. I Where is he in your pantheon of left tackles? Because he is. From somebody on the outside, that dude's unbelievable. You got the two best tackles in the league we saw on display this last Sunday. Unbelievable players. In fact, I say Trent Williams has probably been the most dominant tackle since probably Munoz. I was going to go, you go Munoz? Because that's how far back you got to go. Yeah, I mean, even better than, you know, what I what I saw from, you know, guys like Tony Baselli. I mean, Trent Williams is dominant. Lane Johnson is dominant, and, and there's two different contrasting styles. You just got a, a, a street fight, a bar strike with, with Williams, and then you got a technician who's just so technicianly sound with Lane Johnson, understanding he's got to get out there first, set up, and be ready to battle at the point of contact. And then you got a guy, he's just bringing everything in the kitchen sink uh, to the point of contact with Williams. I mean, it was it was it was the best game I've seen out of two tackles in a long time. I mean, they, them two actually beat up on the guys they played against. It was a great game with those two, but you know, I, I, I get all geeked up with those type of uh, 
You know, those I'm with you. Players. I've never seen Lane got Bosa with a spin move, Barrett. Did you see that? <laughs> I, 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 I've never seen that before. Yeah. No, he spun, did counter spun, yeah. and didn't finish the play. Yeah, it, you know, which it, was which was disheartening to me because. When you look at the way this offensive line played, I mean, they were averaging like 3.8 seconds a pass play. I know. And we still I didn't know. get anybody open. What yeah. goes to show, you know, play. Allen had all day, all day. Yeah. And he, he, he uh, for some reason, he didn't want to pull the trigger. Like, right. Jack Stoll was open at one point. Albert was open at one. Now, these aren't playmakers. Maybe he doesn't trust them. I, I don't know, but something was off with Jalen Hurts. Well, Smitty was open on that on the exact same play we're talking about with, with the spin, counter spin, yeah. still get his hands yeah. as I slowed down. Smitty was open in the initial of the play. The play was supposed to go. It was designed for him, and he just didn't get the ball to him. You know, he should have just thrown it before all that stuff even happened. And that's, yeah. you know, we talk about being able to counter somebody's counter. Look at the 49ers. The 49ers went out there the first two drives and tried to drop back pass this Eagles defense. And what happens? Three and out, three and out. So what does Shanahan do? He counters that by going out and then running play action, not to try to pull the linebackers up with the run or fake the run, but it's a solid protection when you use um, play action because you leave a tight end in and you leave a running back in, and then they can leak out later on if they need them for, you know, to, to dump it off. Well, that's what they did. They brought more blockers in and then leaked those guys out, and they got lost in the responsibility of the defense because, number one, they had all that window dressing, guys going to motion, everything else. But then they turned back around and 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 used them as outlets for uh, for Purdy, which allowed that defensive line not to be effective because, number one, they had got chipping on them, double-teaming them, and then when they finally did get to the quarterback, they had an outlet for him because those guys stopped blocking and turned around became an outlet and a um, dump-off pass for him. All right, maybe you partially answered the question I was going to ask, which is fine. Um, prior to the game, advantage in the matchups, Eagles, their defensive line about against the 49er offensive line for anyone not named Trent Williams. That That's where the Eagles should have been able to score points, take advantage of the line. Didn't happen. More credit to those other four nameless schmoes who uh, <laughs> were the worst players on the San Francisco offense. Or what the hell to the Eagles defensive line who didn't make any plays? We'll cut uh, Sweat some slack because he's up against the Hall of Famer. How about the rest of the Eagles defensive line? Give credit to the opposition. Did they play over their heads or did the Eagles underachieve on the D line? Uh, I think it's more so a little bit of um, game A little planning. bit of both, but yeah. you make a call. One more than the other. Which way? Game planning. You know, they they ran they ran stuff in which they had extra blockers. And when you do that, it's hard to get your, your quarterback get pressure on them. Then then who in the secondary? I'm sorry to interrupt Barry. Who in the secondary? Where were they playing in the parking lot? No, the, play the, was. San Francisco's play was. keeping extra guys in the block, and yet every pass Birdie Purdy threw was to a wide open guy. How the well, hell do you not get up and play on somebody if you know they're keeping extra guys in the block? Because they had they, I mean, once again, we got our game plan. They drop. They had sent. You know, they they sent four. They rushed four and dropped everybody else. Yeah. They they dropped everybody else. They had everybody in coverage, and since they did that, they weren't able to generate enough pressure on Purdy number one. 
And then they, you know, with all the window dressing, all the motions, all the, you know, going across the formation, they confused those guys in the secondary. Like, um, Blankenship didn't have a clue. He was lost in the sauce the entire game. Yeah. Uh, you know, uh, you know, they were trying to play a, a, a zone and they weren't matching up in the zone. Guys were running scot-free through the zone because they didn't know what their responsibilities were. They didn't use their fundamental techniques, their fundamental understanding of the play to help them out. And they got away from doing what they do best, and that's taking one play at a time. Instead of them trying to just do their job, they were trying to do everybody else's job and didn't get their job done. You know, as a middle linebacker, you got to look at the triangle. You look, you go from you to the two guards, <clears throat> quarterback. Well, as you, as you can see, Marl's looking everywhere but that. You know, you look at the slot corner. I mean, slot corner comes up, Roby comes up, and has a chance to really open up and, 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 and kill Purdy on the play. But instead, he bounces off of him like, oh, man, he's a pretty big guy. Or, you know, he's a little tougher than I thought and doesn't bring down a quarterback. Come on now. Come on. Yeah. He's you know, bigger like, than people realize, I think, Brad, exactly. for whatever reason. Um, but you can't you can't sell him short. You got to go out there and try to annihilate who's ever in front of you. And he didn't do it. But that, let me say, or, or, let me ask you this, Barrett, because I think you're right, 100%. But how does Sean decide not know this? We know coming in, San Francisco is going to try to get the ball out. Everybody tries to get the ball out against this Eagles team because they're they're a little bit wary of the pass rush, typically. Um, we know they're playmakers. You want to get the ball to McCaffrey and Samuel in space. Um, Slay treated Brandon Ayuk like he was uh, um, Randy Moss in his prime. He's playing right. in the parking lot. Um, right, right. And then George Kittle's George Kittle in the middle of the field. They knew this coming in. What, what, what how, how does, how do they not know the ball's coming out? They're 214 yards after catch. They're that's, not that's tackling. The part, yeah. They did. yeah. And, and that's another thing. Fundamentally, they just didn't tackle. You know, um, I, I, I saw the back and forth with Slay and, 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 um, and, uh, uh, you? huh? Are you no, or no, Brad? no, no, going between Slay and uh and Seth, Seth Jordan. Oh, Seth, well, yeah, Seth, well, Seth yeah. talked about their tackling. Oh, yeah, not tackling. Yeah, now uh, they're not afraid. I agree with Slay, they're not they, afraid, but they just didn't. But they didn't on. do it though. You didn't yeah. do it, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. I mean, you didn't come up and, 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 and tackle, you you weren't doing that. I mean, just little things, they were running like a cover three shell, and they had you know, uh, Brown inside the box in that coverage. He has the flats. That's his responsibility. But he sees the receiver, Brandon, I go through the middle of the field, I mean, uh, go past the middle of the field. He locks on to him. Why are you locking on to him? He's not your responsibility. Once he goes inside, it's not yours. You got to get to your flat area. And what happens on that play? They run a play action, and Kittle goes out to the flat area. They dump it to Kittle. Kittle gets like a 20-yard run on the play. If he'd have been out there in his responsibility instead of latching on, to a guy that's not his in the area that's not what he's designed to be at, he could have been there for at least a you know a, a six yard tackle at least you know you know he'd have tackled him instead of the twenty yards he gets and they go down to score on the play. Those are the little things. Not being fundamentally sound, you know, a cover three, you've got flats. Get your butt to the flat area. Don't try to be the hero. It's a design play. You know, if somebody's leaving, there's going to be somebody else to replace that guy. And understanding that in your responsibility. That's how you that's how you play fundamentally sound. Just do your job. 
And it looked like Morrow was beat on the plate. It wasn't even Morrow's man. In fact, Morrow should have had the guy that was coming across in his area. He should have latched on to him. And then Brown should have went out to the flat area and he'd have had Kittle. So those little things that are happening that they're just not being responsible for it. Oh, by the way, those those receivers were pretty damn physical also. They were blocking them. In fact, they were I saw Blanchard get put on his ass a couple times. Oh I, man, did you see uh Kittle get the two blocks? The two are Kittle's up. Kittle's a problem, man. He is a serious man. problem. But yeah. I will say this, in saying all of that, now they have to rewind. Now this team has to go out and say, all right, we're not as good as we thought we are. Now we have to get back to fundamental football. Get back to what made us the great team we, we know we are. Crossing our T's, dotting our I's, making sure there's a little more film study, understanding what your job is, not worried about anybody else's job is, those are all fundamental things that this team has to go back and correct. Yes, you can correct those things while you're winning, but do you really put a lot of attention on it? Do you really think that, oh, wow, I'll be able to do this? Or do you just go out there and do it? And at this point, they didn't go out there and do it against this team. Yes, that's a great team they played against. And if I ask, if you ask me what, you know, what their ranking is, it's 1A, 1B, not, not, not a 1 and 2. They're not the first, they're not the best team in the NFL, but they're not. I think they're on an even line with the Eagles. You know what I'm saying? I think they are. Even though they beat us, I still think the Eagles have a dominant roster. And man for man, the Eagles have more talent. It's just Shanahan out-coached us in this game. But the worst thing about this, they out-physicaled us and made us get away from our brand of football and play into their hands. That's what they did against this team. All right, Barrett, I'm going uh, under over here with my next question. The number is. 17 and a half. And the question is number of targets for CD Lamb. When the <laughs> Eagles played the Cowboys previous this year, they threw it to him 16 times. 16 times to one player. And John said after the game, I would have given it to him 20 times. Just keep they can't cover him. Why not just keep feeding him? I said, Yeah, but they're never gonna do 16 again. Since the Eagles game. 16 targets, 14 targets in this past week against Seattle. 17. They threw it to him one more time. You don't you don't target a guy 18 times in a game. That's the number. 17 and a half. Got to get to 18. Will the Cowboys throw it to C.D. Lamb 18 times this week? I'm yes. going over. How about you? I'm going with the over also because he's unstoppable. At this point, his understanding where he fits in that offense is impeccable. The relationship that he has with Dak, Dak is getting him the ball. He had their – let me put it like this. He had 191 yards against this Eagles defense, 191. He wanted that game to last forever because he was just unstoppable. Mm-hmm. Now, they were yards in which he wasn't scoring, but still he was – I mean, they could dump it to him. He was, he was running all over the field, especially the interior. He got most of his stuff on the interior, not on the outside, but then the interior of the defense, matching up against our guys that we feel as though um, aren't up to par. You know, Kevin yeah. Byard has – That was – uh... But that was an Eli Rick Sidney Brown game. So at least you have Bradley Roby, which, you know, it's not great, but he knows how to play. Whereas Eli and Sidney are young players playing out of position against CD Lamb. That was but 191 yards. Yeah, and then that Ferguson was had his best game against us also. I think Ferguson had like 61 yeah, yards. Yeah, Ferguson had a great game as well. Yeah, you know, he right. had 70. Yeah, I think right. he had 71 yards. You and I talked about this last year all the time. I'm not a big fan of the scheme, defensive scheme. Yeah, it was a hell of a lot better. I'm going to get the Eagles fans riled up. It was a hell of a lot better when Jonathan Gannon was here with C.J. Gardner-Johnson and 
um, Marcus Epps and company than it is right now. But you mentioned that matchup zone, guys miscommunicating, Sidney Brown, young player, not understanding his responsibility. Do you got to get a little simple, simple, simplify this for younger players? Now, they have Roby now and Byard and Slay and Bradbury. It should be getting better, but it's not getting better. Now, part of that is the competition as well. But, man, there's so many miscommunication issues with this particular scheme. TJ Edwards, too, man. I mean, yeah. about a oh, I'm a talent. huge TJ guy. Right. Yeah. He's a homegrown talent, un, un, undrafted, and we developed on our system. You should have gave that young man whatever he wanted because yeah. that's where we lack the most experience. That's where we lack the most as far as, you know, playing knowledge in that defense. He understood what his job was and how to play in that in the middle of that defense. I think that's the hardest, one of the hardest positions to, to really um, bring a guy up to the fold because they don't value it, number one. They're not going to allocate resources to it, number two. And we need somebody there that's a boss. Now, we got, you know, we got somebody coming right now. Will he be able to play? If he's healthy, he's probably the best, one of the best linebackers in the league. But at the end of the day, we, I mean, he's got to be healthy. You know, we got to understand that, you know, Leonard, you know, Shaq Leonard is a baller when he's healthy. There's a reason why he was let go at this point in the season. Yeah. Not healthy. Yeah. So, you know, we'll see. But I mean, anything's an upgrade for, I mean, because I like Ellis. Ellis to me is a good player, a good future player. But we don't have time right now to, to, to groom guys. We need guys to come in and play now. We need guys to be sufficient now at the linebacker position. We are so weak in the middle of our defense. The teams are. Well, but that's what I'm saying. So line up and play cover too. You know, yeah. It's boring. Yeah, it's it's boring, but guys are going to not make as many mistakes. You got the front in theory and when they start playing better. Yeah. Um, Do your job. Yeah. That's it. Make it vanilla. You know what I'm saying? And, and when you look at basically what the 49ers did to us, it wasn't exotic. It wasn't a lot of blitzes. They, they rushed four guys against us and dropped everybody else, made Jalen Hurts try to beat us in zone coverage. We'll make other quarterbacks do the same thing, beat us in zone coverage. Because as long as you're doing your job in that cover, coverage, that too high zone, if you're doing your job, it's, it's meant to, to stop whatever you throw. You can throw anything at that, and, and it's built to stop because you got somebody in that zone. Now, can they match up zone that? You're going to have to do a little bit of that. But at this point, we need to stop the bleeding. We got to get fundamental football as the basis of our defense again. And sometimes, you know, just being um, vanilla like that and being fundamentally sound, it's how you really uh, generate what you need as far as stopping teams. We have enough up front to, to pass rush and, and, and generate pressure on the quarterback. We have enough up front. And if they start doing all those, you know, uh, run action, keeping blitzers in and keeping um, – Keeping people to stop the listen, everything we we can we can get past that because now you got guys in position to make plays in the secondary. But sometimes you need sometimes it's the kiss technique. Keep it simple, stupid. <laughs> That's it. Just just kiss them. All right, I'll go down the kiss road with you because I think this is pretty simple, but uh, not everybody does. Um, two part question. Number one, why do you think the Eagles think? that Kenny Gainwell on any given game should get more carries than uh, DeAndre Swift. And if you agree with the Eagles coaching staff on their philosophy that derives to that uh, answer, uh, feel free to say so. If not, 
what would Barrett Brooks do? Um, this past week, Gainwell carried it more than DeAndre Swift. I'm perplexed by it. Why do you think the Eagles think along those lines? Are they right to? No. How? I mean, we're talking about a guy, one of the most explosive players on the team. Swift, there's no way Swift should be off the field, period. You say we don't, you know, we don't have a bell cow back. Well, we need to change that. He's explosive. He can run in between the tackles. When he's given the opportunity to get lathered up and play, that, and that's one of our problems right there. We got the best off the line of football that can run block just as well as they pass block. But use run block, you know, um, run block so they can go out there and tee off on people, hit people. Number one, what does it, it do for you? It keeps their offense off the field. You know, a three-yard run is not a bad thing. You do that four times, you got a first down. So why do we think that, you know, that, that it's cool to, to not run guys? And Swift should not have less than five carries, not just in the first half, but I'm talking the first quarter, just to set the tone, show them they mean business. They absolutely put teams um, – they put teams – too high up on the, on, on the list of, of, of being people that can stop their running game when they don't run it. They can run the ball on anybody. This office line is built. This would have been a great game for, you know, for us to run the ball on them because it 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 kind of it kind of takes away their strength. Their strength is in the middle of their defense, their linebackers. You know, if they could have gotten Kelsey, gotten uh Jurgens up on their second level and run the ball consistently. They'd have ran all over that defense, but instead they gave them a little bit of, of, of power and they took advantage of it and then out physical us up front. I mean, uh, not up front, but uh, out physical us in, in the in the in the run lanes. And then, you know, it, it, it was like it was like it was over after that. I mean, you had guys, you know, hitting guys standing over them and, you know, saying talking <laughs> trash and everything. And it, well, Fred, Fred Warner's pretty good. Yeah, I, I, just, I will say this now. Um. I, I saw John Lynch and Howie Roseman talking before the game. Those are the two GMs who probably put together the two best rosters in the NFL, Barry. No question. Um, but it's you, you you look at it, and obviously San Francisco has the luxury Philadelphia used to have in that they they've got a quarterback they don't have to pay, like the Eagles had for a while with Jalen Hurts. Uh, but they have, if you look at the two positions the Eagles devalue. And from a macro sense, I agree with the Eagles, running back and linebacker. And then you look at San Francisco, and they have the best running back and the best linebacker. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I mean that literally. The number one running back in this league, Christian McCaffrey, the number one linebacker, all-ball linebacker to me is Fred Warner. No question. Um, uh, the Eagles, you know, we're watching Nick Morrow. And – I get this DeAndre Swift love. Remember, DeAndre carried the ball six times for 13 yards. Kenny Cavemall only carried it two times for five yards. They were, When they did run it, there was no success. And Jason Kelsey said after the game, Barrett, he was honest. You know Jason. He said, he's kind of defending Brian Johnson. He's like, I wouldn't run the ball either. We were having no success, basically. Yeah, oh, oh by the way, Jason, I'm throwing a BS flag. He, Maybe. He's, being, he's being a teammate. He's yeah, probably up for his guys. Probably he's doing is. what Sean Desai did yesterday, taking all the bullets. It was on us. With They didn't have – Barrett, you can speak to this. You're a former offensive lineman. You got to get a rhythm. You got to be able to build it up. You got to be able to get into a flow. 
They never gave them a chance to get into a flow. The four play. How many did you subscribe, John? How many rushes did they have? They had nine rushes from the running backs for a total. For the whole of game. How do we know if they could or couldn't run the ball that day? You well, can't yeah, but then nine, nine rushes. Well, that's then that's right there. Yeah, that's the first right there. If you, you, if you, you it's, it's, it's the war of attrition when you're running a ball. Yeah. You're gonna run it, run it, run it, and it's not like you you're banging your head against the wall. You're running it and you're tenderizing. It's not banging head against the wall. You're tenderizing the defense. All of a sudden, they start getting up a little bit slower. They start reading things a little bit differently from a <clears> passing <throat> standpoint because they know you're going to come off and hit them in the mouth. It's, it's, you know, you get one yard here, three yards here, four yards here, and and, and eventually it starts turning to six yards. It starts turning to ten yards. Turn turning to twelve yards. That's what running the ball does. It's not just automatically going to be all right. You look, you look at the game plan that the four they changed their game plan up. Eagles got to do the same thing. You've got to run the ball because when you run the ball, it keeps the ball out of that other quarterback's hands. Until we go back to fundamental football and that's running the rock consistently, it's going to be an extra long season. And we're going to have teams playing us close. Even the Giants may play us close. Ooh, uh, that's a, that's, because that's, we don't run the ball with them, <laughs> it could be a long game for us. Well, now uh, I'll end it there with you, Barrett. Uh, good to see you again uh, at B Brooks seventy two NBCS. You can follow Barrett on X. Twitter does a tremendous job with NBC Sports Philadelphia. Philadelphia covering this team. Um, look, I'm I'm up with you hundred percent. When you run the ball nine times as a running back in any game, that's pathetic. You, you got to run it more. Um, well, you know, as a player, games have personalities. And they had that first quarter, they dominated, and they only got two field goals. How, if those are two touchdowns, I think this is a completely different game. I really believe that. I Absolutely. really believe that. Absolutely. And it'll be, it'll be, it'll be Brock Purdy playing from behind. Yeah. He's and, not used to playing from behind. And all of a sudden, it was that dichotomy. The first quarter, the Eagles dominated. They had two scoring opportunities, six points. 49ers dominated second quarter, two scoring opportunities, two touchdowns. You go into halftime, they get the football back right down the field and score. And then it's 21 to six, and they abandon the running game. Should they have? Maybe not to the degree they did, but it's really difficult when you're down two scores and you're like, oh, Fred Warner's over on the other side. I mean, what am I going to bang my head in the wall? Um, two yards at that point. So I think the Dom drive, I told this to Jody on Monday, the Dom drive, as I'm calling it, <laughs> they scored on that drive. Absolutely. So big Dom fired him up. Connor Barwin's giving him high fives. The the whole place is, is, is cheering Dom as he leaves the field. He gets kicked out and the defense goes back out there by plays. Bang. Debo Samuel, right 48 yards. I mean, you can't run the ball at that point is all I'm saying. You can't run the ball at that point. And they, I think a large part of it was how the game's personality. And the defense just didn't hold its water. And that affected the running game. But, Jody, look at this. If you're a zebra, you can't change your stripes. So if That's you true. really are a fundamentally sound running team, you can't allow another team to take you off your square. You got to stand in your square. You got to run the ball when you want to run the ball. 
you set the tone early. Run the rock early. They chose to come out and pass the ball. And, that, and, and I understand because the weak point of that defense was the secondary. And I get it. But Ward's still, a good player, though. I love Ward. I think he's Ward, he's going to shut down whoever's in front of him. Yeah. But they got Smitty. They got others that can go out there and play. Like, you know, just to your point, this would have been a great, I mean, a great tight end game. Or this would have been Dallas Goddard's one of his yeah. best games if he was there. Because he could, he'd have been the guy roaming around the middle of that defense, making things happen. Goddard would have been special in that, in that, in that, um, in, in that, uh, in that secondary, well, secondary and where the linebacker level is. He would have been great there because then they couldn't do everything that they did from a pass rushing standpoint because they had plenty of time to throw the ball. They just, didn't, they just didn't attack the middle of the field. Whenever they attacked the middle of the field with slants, drag routes, and comebacks, you saw how good AJ Brown looked. They couldn't yeah. stop him, but we stopped yeah. running routes. We wanted to run routes where we could beat him over the top and get a big play. You can't play big play football all the time. You got to go out there and nickel and down the defense. And, and you know, Nick Sirianni said it himself. Well, you can't always think that you can go down there and nickel and down the team and, and, and you know, and, and, you know and, and drive the ball down the field that way. Well, that works. That's a fundamental way you have to think because, number one, it keeps that defense off the field. Their defense on the field keeps our defense off the field keeps their offense off the field. But number two, it takes the clock down. Number three, this is a physical brand of football when you're doing that. I heard you. We got our physical. We let them dictate tempo to us. They put it on us. And that's that's the most disheartening thing I saw uh, on Sunday. I heard you, Douglas, on WIP yesterday, describe the 49er DBs as sticky. They were all <laughs> of, stuck all over the yeah. wide receivers. And then there's Darius Slay who's playing in the parking lot. Darius, get up and be sticky this week. Oh, don't call him Darius. You're going to get in Seth's territory. Uh, don't call him uh, Darius. Uh, and and Bradbury. Oh, I'm not giving Bradbury a pass. You're going to be sticky this week too, Bradbury. I've got a uh, bend over backwards. The by way, by, by the way, put out an Eagle uniform. I was calling for him to play. And oh, by the way, he hasn't had a great year either. So Bradbury and Slay, both guys, a little stickiness this week. Against yeah. the Cowboy wide Inter- Interesting like, note. Tell him to be sticky. Interesting note. We now have two Dariuses. Um, they didn't want to be called Darius. Slay and Leonard. Yeah, and they both hate their first names. Yes. Interesting. <laughs> Interesting we, piece we of trivia. We got you covered, Shaq. And yeah. we got Barrett Brooks back on with us. I'm oh, Street, no, no, don't call me Barrett. Call me Porkchop. Don't call me Porkchop. <laughs> big Porkchop. The big Porkchop. <laughs> Barrett Brooks here with us. Uh, now that you were foolish enough to say yes when we uh, asked you on the show, you know we're going to ask you again, right? No, you know, no problem. You guys are my guys. You are, Thanks, Barrett. You are I guys. appreciate I, it, bud. NBC Sports, Philly, Barrett Brooks here with us on Birds 365. All right. Mac and Mac coming back. We got to put a bow on the show. Stay right there.
If you own a company and you're not producing a podcast, you're missing out. The public consumes messaging when they're ready. Join the professional podcast network of companies and let Jacob Media Partners put you in the podcast arena. Come to our professional studio or we'll come to your place of business and professionally produce your company podcast. Call Jacob Media right now at 267-261-3428. My name is Dr. Bruce Grossinger. And I'm the medical director of Philadelphia PRP and Stem Cell Institute. I'm reaching out to those who suffer from spine and joint pain. We use treatment methods that require no surgery, no scalpel, no drugs. Running, walking, or whatever your desires are, Dr. Groshner is where you need to come. You can benefit from the same PRP and stem cell treatment as Wilbert Montgomery. Call us now at 610-222-5675. Any professional sports coach will tell you there's no substitution for preparation. At Malamut & Associates, that is a tenet by which we live. We prepare from day one for victory. Anything less is not acceptable. Underdog Fantasy has a way for you to play alongside your favorite football team all season long with their Fantasy Pick'em game. You pick between two to five players, select whether they'll go higher or lower on one of their stats, then do what you usually do on a Sunday, watch the games. You can win up to 20 times your money in a single game by going five for five. It's a fantasy game, and the sports betting show wants you to get involved. Go to underdogfantasy.com. When you sign up, use the promo code WIN, and Underdog will double your first deposit up to $100. That's underdogfantasy.com. Use the promo code WIN. Running out of time here on a walk to Wednesday on Birds 365. Um, John, we only got time for one more question. I know exactly what I want to ask you. Uh, and I have to ask it the same way I just asked the Barry, because from time to time I ask you a question and you give me what you think the Eagles are going to do or going to think or going to say. And I'm thinking that you're giving me John McMullen's opinion, what he would do, what he would, do, how he would react. So I'm going to ask you to give me both. Both what you would do if you were in Howie Roseman's chair and what you think Howie Roseman is going to do, because it's a player personnel uh, discussion, not a Nick Sirianni and coaching staff discussion. Percentage chance that Zach Gertz is signed by the Philadelphia Eagles, because it's certainly trending in the wrong direction. I was rooting for it. I was hoping it was going to happen. Howard, you got to give him credit. He's got some ties. He's got some sources. And yesterday he made it pretty obvious. He doesn't think Zach Ertz is coming back there. The last one I remember is Jurgens. When Jurgens was coming back, seemed to me by most reports and whatever he said, Jurgens was going to be back. And Howard came out and goes, yeah, Jurgens isn't going to play this week. And he didn't play. So I give Howard credit for that. He's got good sources. He pretty much painted a picture that Zach Ertz is not coming back here. 
the percentage chance John McMullen thinks Zach Ertz should be back. The percentage chance Howie Roseman will act and bring Zach Ertz back. Um, percentage, I would bring him back very low, uh, probably 10%. Um, I mentioned the bit yesterday. Show I just don't see the bit with Dallas. Um, when Dallas and Dallas is going to play this week, make no mistake about it. Is that a hundred? Um, is that a hundred percent? Yeah, that's a hundred percent. Um, um, so with him coming back, I don't see a great bit. Um, uh, from the Eagles perspective, uh, they get a little too enamored with this type of thing. Um, you know, I, I heard so many names yesterday. It's like the, they want to turn over the whole roster of the fans. I heard Adrian Amos and um, Logan Ryan. Amos signed with Houston, by the way. Logan Ryan. I heard Zach, of course. And Dominican Sue coming back. Oh, I heard like, that, yeah. Like they need another defensive tackle. What what, what, what are we doing here? They're 10-2. and two. They lost one game. Settle down. Um. I, I don't want to have to play Dallas Goddard. And I heard, who was Tommy? I think it was Tommy. Tommy Lawler yesterday said, no, you can play Zach Ertz in line. No, you can't. Not with Dallas Goddard out there. You, you have one guy who's a really good blocker and one guy who's a, a, a tremendously better flex receiver. Nick Sirianni doesn't want that. He doesn't want to be forced to make that decision. Um, yeah, so, the, reason, the reason why I disagree with Tommy on that, they had a chance to do that last year. Yeah, when they were both on the team together, if they really thought that yeah. they could move Zach in and he wouldn't, uh, I don't want to say do a bad job, but not as good a job as Goddard could do as an inline block, they would have done it and they would have kept him. They yeah. came to the conclusion that Zach is basically a slot receiver at this stage of his career. They've already made that decision. They don't have to no. reevaluate that. So one. I just don't see the fit. Now, would I like to have Metallus is hurt again? Yes. Then it's whole different. Then you need uh, somebody who can catch a pass. And then I'd say, yeah, now you go from 10% to 90% basically. Yeah, but in the meantime, um, in between time, he signs with another team. Yeah, you yeah. got to factor that into your percentage. He is not only going to give you what he gives you, but also gives you a safety net. Yeah. Uh, I, you know, yeah, you, you know the one guy who skated through all this overreaction, happy as a clam yesterday, Michael Clay. Everybody's saying Michael, Michael Clay is smart. He's up there. He's a Nick Sirianni's like, we got to do this on offense. We got to do this on defense. Special teams, pretty good. Uh, they don't they, they don't want to mess with their special teams. And um, I know nobody talks about it. I'm probably the only one that built up you talks about it, but if you're if you're a backup player, you got to help on special teams, and, and Zach can't do that. Yeah, uh, they they've had much improved special teams, and Michael Clay should get credit for it. Uh, but it's been more because of the young guys on the outside who are uh, getting down and covering and the like. And Zach could find a couple of snaps in the middle of that. Uh, and line. Jake Elliott and Braden Mann. Don't forget Braden Mann has settled down. The Mann's been issues. good. He's been darn good. Uh, every, everything about there, they were bottom five in every single ranking, no matter where you put. Now they're top five. Uh, it's been an amazing turnaround for that uh, group. Give give credit to the kicker. And why was Aaron Sipas here? No, we, we don't want to go down a negative road to end the show. Uh, we're we're up. We're up for a show tomorrow. We're up for the Dallas Cowboys. We'll get, we'll certainly dive head more into the Cowboys. Who we got tomorrow? We got uh, uh, tomorrow. We would have 
Who's joining? Uh, we're hoping to get Jeff Kerr because we missed him. Kerr's in. Kerr's in. Kerr's in. Olivia, Olivia Reiner's going to come back from right. the fire as well. You, so. you got Olivia to join us. So Olivia and Jeff Kerr uh, will be with us tomorrow. And then on Friday, we got our cowboy guy, John Machado. Always comes on when the Eagles play the Cowboys. Does a great job. Athletic beat reporter. Uh, he'll be on with us Friday with Damo as well. So uh, you need to be right here on Birds 365. I'm going to be here the next two days. McMullen, you're going to be here the next, well, at least day and a half. You got to go. Is uh, Sirianni Friday? Oh, always Friday, okay. Nick Sirianni. So I thought um, maybe Sunday night they push it back a little bit. No such luck. I don't have to leave as early for Dallas. It's the same time every Friday. All right, just double checking. So you on got a me. Normal one. Yeah, short week. Uh, um, on this is a normal week, even though it's a Sunday night game. Yeah. All right. So you got me for four hours over the next two days. You got McMullen for three hours over the next two days. And you got Bill Calarulo coming up next with the Power Hour. So keep it right here on the Jacob Media YouTube channel. You've been listening to Birds 365, the destination for the passionate Eagles football fan who bleeds green. If it's Eagles football, we're talking about it. Debate inside the locker room and guests that are some of the greatest football minds from around the region. We hope you enjoyed the show. We know we had a blast. Make sure to like, comment, and subscribe. And we'll be back soon. But in the meantime, hook up with us on social media at Jacob Sports. See you next time on Birds 365.